Well, good morning, Southern Oregon, and welcome to The Real Estate Show. I'm Alice Lima here with Pete Belcastro. We're both brokers at John L. Scott Real Estate here in Southern Oregon. And uh, we have our Market Watch show today, and it's going to be a lot of interesting statistics and trends, so you're going to want to listen to the whole thing. But just to get started, uh, Pete, it's been a couple of months now since you lost your home in the fire. How are, how are things going with you and your family? Oh, gosh, you know, uh, three months, September, here we are in December, and uh, you know, uh, life goes on, Alice, and we're doing okay, you know, it's like so many things, it never leaves you, but you continue just to get a little bit better each day, uh, you replace things you've lost, but you know, it's uh, like so many other people, it's a, it's a new experience for us, and it's very different, and uh, but you know, overall, I can't. I really can't complain. Life is life's fine. You know, there's a lot, of, a lot of things to look forward to, right? And that's that's what we're here today for to talk about real estate and what in the world's happening. It's December. It's winter, uh, and what's going on in real estate? Wow, there, there's so much to talk about today. So, uh, we've got lots to share with people. You know, and this time of December, we have gathered all of the statistics from the month before us, which was November, and we've had a lot of fits and starts over the year because of the COVID, then we had the fires, and our real estate market had some surprising reactions, and I think the stats are reflective of what you and I have been experiencing um, out there just as real estate brokers helping people. Well, we always talk about you and I, we do real-time real estate, which is every day we're out with different clients. You talk to people on the phone, you do all sorts of things. You get a, you get a pretty good pulse of, of what's, uh, of really what's happening. And last week, I thought the most amazing thing that we said about what may happen, and, and we can talk about it later, is that are we actually getting to be interest rates below 2%? Guy Giles said last week, is it possible? And it's very close to that right now, Alice. So it just makes the whole market unreal than anything we've ever seen. So we're going to talk about that today. And also, what are some of the things that buyers, especially buyers' houses, need to look out for in this kind of a market now in winter? Because it's a little bit different. So there's lots going on. It's very exciting to, to have this opportunity for you and I to share that. Because as we talk about, we're out there every day. And it's, uh, it's, a, it's just this menagerie of things. And it's been so unpredictable all year with all of the different uh, changes in the world and in our society and in our little real estate market. And one of the other things we're going to chat about is the FHA limits um, change this week. So lots to talk about. Do not touch that dial. Alice and Pete will be right back with the real estate show. Well, welcome back to the Real Estate Show, folks. I'm Alice Lima, broker John L. Scott here in Southern Oregon, here with my coworker Pete Belcastro, also broker John L. Scott here in Southern Oregon. And we're having our market watch segment today, and it is a good time to be talking about this because not only are November statistics out, but we have some interesting changes with the FHA program. And I don't know if our listening audience, uh, Pete, is aware, but FHA actually puts uh, limits on what an FHA buyer, uh, how much of a house they can buy just in general, and they do it by region. And this week, it came out that they raised the limit to over $350,000 for Southern Oregon. 
Okay, now tell people what that means for that 350, Alice, because that means FHA will loan on properties up to that limit, correct? Not only that, but it means that the backlog of buyers just got bigger. Because they're, 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 they're being able to get more for their dollars now because the limit has been raised. It and also, what, did, what did you say it was again? It's over 350. Three, it's, three, it's over 350. It's 355, 356, 357. But that means that FHA thinks that our region just got more expensive or they would not have done but, that. Well, but it also reflects exactly what the market condition is, is because we've been telling our, our listeners and viewers each week that we have had more sales above 350,000 than we've had below for since June. Remember that? We, we were talking about that. And again, this last week, 46 of 84 sales were a 350,000 or higher. So that's exactly what we should be if that limit has to be higher because that 350 is now the new normal for us in our market here, which was maybe 300. And it wasn't that long ago, FHJ was 274. So I mean, was not that look how ago. much absolutely reflective of what our market has been doing, which has been rising in value. Um, and even you, you, you brought up the stats, I'll just give you to you. This was a September, October, November this year, in the middle of a pandemic, Alice, in the middle of all this, we had price rises one year ago, 13 and percent in Jackson County, rural properties increased 20%. And if you go to Josephine County, they increase regular prices, increase 16%. Uh, so you can see that we are having uh, an increase because we don't have enough listings and we have interest rates that are so low. It's reflective exactly what's going on. Well, and also it's the flood of newcomers. We have people leaving the urban areas across the country. We're on that list of places to go. Uh, people are tired of shutdowns. They're tired of urban unrest. They're sitting in their, their quarantine places and Googling, you know, where can I go? And Southern Oregon is one of the places. So we literally saw since March a 30 thousand dollar to hundred thousand dollar increase in our little valley and that is a game changer so when the fha people come along and say we're going to raise the limit that means they're acknowledging the experience we're having and it also means that there's going to be a whole bunch more buyers now in that 310 price range to 355 or seven or whatever it is, but, th but those FHA buyers were locked out of that price range. And we still had bidding wars in that, you know, kind of mm -hmm. low to mid threes. So now that the FHA buyers can go and start um, bidding on those properties, I think it's going to be even more competitive if those buyers can qualify for that price range. Yeah, absolutely. Part of the reason that this is, as you talked about the problems, is the number of listings. And, um, you know, just to, just to give you a, a, just a choice of what's happened, you know, we're down 60 some, over 60% from a year ago at this time. That's still the same. Just in our own, in our own county here, there's only, this last week, there's only 287 uh, listings in Jackson County, Alice, on, on, a, on, a, on a residential home. 287. That's down uh, 10 from a week ago. Okay, we're talking about new listings. They're still down. Josephine County only has 114 of them. 
140, you had 120 last week, so it, it dropped again. Klamath County's down to 123 from 134 last week. So even though people are saying listings are coming back, they're very few when they come up. And I don't care what county you, you're in, all three of us experienced, we've experienced it all three counties. And they come in those price ranges when they come on and they're decent houses, they're gonna go quickly because the backlog of buyers is still out there waiting to see those. And it's a very interesting phenomena because if you're just watching the new listings, you do get a number and it does look like there's a shortage. And if you're a buyer, you're out there and you do experience a sense of shortage of choices. But if you look at the year-to-date listings right now, this week, last week, we have about the okay. same as what we did. And that would have been pre-COVID. So I find that very interesting. And then the back on market and for our listing audience, if you are in escrow, whether you're a buyer or a seller and something doesn't work out and you have to terminate, then usually the property goes back on the market, not always, but a lot of time. And so if you start counting those, because we have a very high percentage of those transactions failing kind of in the middle of escrow. So I still, I'm still on the, I'm still on the side of saying there's a lot more listings coming. I think we're right on the crust right now where it's even with last year. And I think now everybody's going to have their house on the market, but that'll be good. Cause we have lots of buyers. Okay. Well, well, you, and, and, and we certainly have room. I mean, we have, we have plenty of room to increase that, that number. I remember this was a few years ago when the number of listings dipped below a thousand in Jackson County. And, and, and I, I, before you were here, but Joe, Joe, when Joe was still with me doing the show, we were just so surprised that they had slipped under a thousand and now we're under 300. So where have all the housing gone? And um, boy, it, it's just like, seems like it's disappeared, but I mean, it's just out there. I think people are staying in longer. I think COVID has had that effect on us, Alice, in terms of a lot of people, some people have to move. You always say that. Some people need to, and, and that's true. But for a lot of us, because the uncertainty of things, and if you're working whatever, people seem to be staying put. Schools are, schools are kind of in a mess. They don't know what to do yet. You know, we're getting vaccinations now. People are, you know, that's out there. The fear is still out there. So I think that, to me, in my experience with talking to people, that seems to be the biggest reason why we have fewer listings. Those people who would move up, down, whatever, they're staying put. I don't know if you see that, but I, I that's what I see. Yeah, I think that is um, definitely part of the behavior of folks is uh, they've been either uncertain or nervous or both since March when all this happened. And so we did not get our normal listing number of houses on the market last spring because of the shutdown. Uh -huh. um, although we did have people put their houses on the market and they sold and they sold at top dollar, like over and over and over again. Like you said, uh, from a year ago, the prices have gone up on average in our area, 13%. That's over a percentage point um, a month. So that's not sustainable. So if you are thinking of selling and you're, you're multiplying that in your head, do not do that. Do not add extra points <laughs> to your price. Uh, because I really do think we're at no, um, no. a ceiling right now. And hopefully we will have some stabilization in this new place of prices and we'll get more properties on the market and that will also help keep the prices more stable. 
Mm-hmm. And let's talk about rural properties for just a second, because they, you know, when the, when the pandemic first hit, remember, they were kind of the hot items. People wanted to work remotely. The biggest thing, did you have internet access at the place you were buying? Some people didn't even think about that, but we saw that really hit the rural properties, I thought, early in the pandemic. I I don't, I sense that that has slowed a little bit um, in that particular area, but prices certainly have not slowed in rural properties. And this is what, this is what kind of concerning because they've really, a number of them, we had 186 sales, by the way, in rural properties, five acres or more, you know, uh, one acre or more. And gosh, Alice, they went up by 20% in value. And, um, and it didn't matter if they were larger parcels or, or the meat, I mean, t- the hottest price right now in rural properties are five to 10 acres. If you got a five to 10 acre property, I'm telling you, you can put it on the market, no matter what condition it is, you're going to have buyers because that is the hottest topic. It has risen in the highest price of any category that we have in all of our stats is that five, 10 acre parcels of rural land in both in all three counties that right now it's the biggest thing in demand that I see. Well, and that's uh, what we call the it girl, so to speak, because it's not too big. It's not too small. It's manageable. You've got room to have some of your <laughs> your own crops, your own animals. Um, they usually come with fairly decent sized homes. So you can have multi-generation or just you can have a lot of people live with you. Um, and it's still in high demand. Now, I know we're selling a lot yeah. of our luxury properties um, the over a million dollars, which we weren't a few years ago. We couldn't give those places away. And now those are selling more quickly. And uh, shockingly enough, they're selling, a lot of them selling for cash. Well, so our luxury, and, our luxury and market are, is- And I'm gonna, okay, let's talk about the luxury market here. We have, okay, we took the way there's 287 listings, stick, you know, residential listings right now, just in Jackson County, Alice, 287, okay? 163 of those are priced at 500,000 or above. And of those, almost so like 80 half. are luxury wow. homes. Wow. So I'm saying, that's what makes our market so weird as, as we look at it, is that we have a huge abundance of upper, upper income properties that are for sale. 500, 600, 700,000, 800,000. I mean, they're everywhere. You, there's a lot of them out there and those are really, cla- but my point is, they're the majority of the of the uh, of the listings. We missing 250, 300,000 properties. Those are the ones that aren't out there. Those are the ones that you're getting multiple loans. Those are what most people can afford. And as you say, with interest rates at two, what guy said, 2.25 percent, 2.187 percent. Those properties, the 250s now can go to 300, and 300 can go to 350. That's what we're seeing. And that's where our market is. So we have to be ready as buyers. You have to be ready. And you got to be ready to put it down right now because you're going to lose it because you, you can see someone's going to come along and, st- and stitch it fr- steal it from you if you're not ready to go when you see the house, say, this is it, I got to go now. Is that right? You think that? Uh, yeah, we definitely need the buyers to be completely uh, qualified, ready to make a decision. Um, the day they they see a property or within 24 hours for sure. Um, I think the sellers need to be ready too because there's a lot of people that don't realize in the last nine months how much more valuable their properties are. And I think there's a lot of people sitting by the sidelines 
not understanding that they've got another 20, 30, $40,000 in equity, and they could make a move if they wanted to, or they could refinance, or they could take some equity out and buy a second home, a rental. Um, so I just think this all happens so quickly. The, the education of the general population is lagging at what their property is actually worth. Mm -hmm. That's a good point. There's properties that they rise in value and you're right. Uh, hey, I know we got a break coming up and when we come back, maybe we can talk about what buyers and sellers should need to think about in terms of inspections, when this kind of market, what, what are we going through? What should they expect? What should they not expect uh, from, the, from the standpoints? Because there's a lot of activity still going on. Interest rates are still dropping. There's so much out there. So let's, let's continue that conversation. So don't touch that dial, folks. Pete and Alice will be right back after a word from our sponsors. So do not touch that dial. Well, welcome back, real estate fans, to The Real Estate Show. I'm Alice Lima here with Pete Belcastro. We're both brokers at John L. Scott Real Estate here in Southern Oregon. And I, uh, Pete and I are talking about all of the interesting uh, trends that are happening in our market uh, this week. And also in general, we've got our stats out from, from November in some really shocking numbers as far as appreciation. And one of the things we wonder is the interest rate and how that's playing into how many buyers we have out there. And I'm wondering now that the vaccine is about ready, is that going to be a cue to the Federal Reserve Bank that it's okay for them to raise the interest rates? And what would that do to our market? Uh, well, it would change the market, but I, boy, I, you know, as long as the, as long as the, pandemic seems to be here, Alice, there's no uh, uh, appetite to to stop the housing market because it is driving the economy of the country a lot. Not not everywhere, but certainly in the West, in, in, our, in our areas, it certainly is in the West. So we have that, that is out there, you know, dealing with this. And I don't think it's going to change much because sales are still not that robust in other places in the country. So I personally, I don't think they're going to change for a while. I'm still so shocked that they're going to go even lower. That's where we're actually cut. Look, when this, when it, when it, remember when it went, went below 3%, we were going, oh my goodness, it's below 3%, remember? Everybody jumped on the bandwagon. And then it went to 2.5%. I even, I even refinanced my house at 28 and it's lower than that now. So, uh, and Guy last week told us, two point, he said 2.187. So, um, Alice, and we've been saying this, it's the fuel that drives the housing market is low interest rates because people are able to get so much more than they've ever been able to get kind of in the history of buying housing to me. And uh, it's a great opportunity. And I know a lot of people are trying to do that to take advantage of those rates. The inventory is not there. That's our problem. You think this, I wanted to show you this. I know you've seen this, but this for our audience, this is what they were. It was 900 in January of this year. And look how far it's fallen. So th that inventory is gone. So we have to replace it. And yet we have a, a interest rates so low, they're gobbling up as fast as they come on. So it's, as a result of it, we're not increasing our inventory. Hey, it's a supply and demand market. We know that. And we're seeing the, I guess, the demand outstrip the supply. But the supply is weird because we're in the middle of a pandemic. I don't know. Just it just you just have to go with your gut, and right now the gut tells you 
interest rates are fabulous for investors, for second homes, for whatever you want to do. It may, I don't think maybe we'll never see it again. We said that before, but we're talking one, 2% interest rates. That's amazing. Well, I just don't want any of us to take that for granted. Uh, the Federal Reserve Bank has been unpredictable in the past. Even when they've said they'll do A, B, and C at a certain time in the future, they don't always. So I just don't want uh -huh. any of us to get, um, I don't want us to make any firm plans with our life based on that if it's too far in the future. Um, because some of the financial markets do discuss how when the vaccination for COVID is generally available, that some of the pressure will be off of the economy. And I'm not, I'm not saying that's what's going to happen. I'm just saying that's what the scuttlebutt is in, in some of the national financial markets and, uh -huh. and world markets. So I'm encouraging people, if you do qualify for something right now because of the low interest rates, it would behoove you to go ahead and try to make that happen even in a difficult market where there's not a lot of inventory, that it would be worth it to you to get out there and try to find the properties that you want and lock in those low rates while we have them. Mm -hmm. uh, absolutely, you, you need to do that. Uh, one of the things also, the days in the markets are kind of increased, which is kind of an odd thing and you think everything is going so fast. But again, some of the listings that have been out there a while are also selling and but so they're raising that that price and i don't want to think that everything goes in the first 30 days what's going in the first 30 days alice are, are listings 350,000 and below those are going in the first 30 days 87 percent of them can you believe that in the first 30 days between 250 and 350,000 bucks that's remarkable and it seems that the most popular choice um and this is something if you're thinking of selling and you have a standard in town in a neighborhood three bedroom two bath single story with a little bit of parking on the side that's what everybody wants and now wow. this week because the fha limits are 350 to 355 or whatever they are then uh -huh. um then that actually i think gives a little more price appreciation to those properties because some of those were selling 90 days ago at 330 and now mm -hmm. it's kind of creeping up to 350. And I'm predicting that now because of this new FHA thing, they're going to start going into more of that 355 to 365. So if you have one of those and you want to leapfrog into something else, or like is becoming more popular in Southern Oregon to leapfrog out of here completely. <laughs> and we'll talk about that too. Um, this might be the time. Well, yes, but if you want to leapfrog higher, now's the time to do that because the inventory in that category is is it is is huge that say you know that 550 i don't know if I, 600 700 those ranges there there's a huge amount of inventory there so the choices if someone wants to move up to those right now with interest rates at you know two percent right around two and a quarter percent that gives you some leverage that you've never had before so yes that's a great opportunity for people to do that uh, on the other hand do you think, I, I hope sellers, and when we talk about this and all of a sudden sellers are hearing us say, oh, you can sell all this stuff, it goes so fast that they're artificially raising their price thinking they're gonna get even more. And that's what the problem is to me is that the sellers are still thinking, I, you know, I can get more. And okay, we talk about appraisals because we, we you know, we didn't even mention those yet, Alice, today. Uh, 
because the market's so crazy, appraisers only look for six months back, you know, and so uh, you got to you got to hit that appraisal right. And so just saying I want more money, more money does not necessarily get you the sale because the appraiser he still has got to come and appraise the value of that property to where it's close to what it is. Right. And, and we've seen them go up and down. Some come in favorably and some do not. Well, and this is why I think it's really important to have a good real estate broker helping you with times like this. The market is extremely volatile. I know a lot of people uh, want to try to just do it themselves, especially if they're on this uh, listing side. Um, but you have to be careful with that. There's a lot of laws. There's a lot of protocol with the COVID. And there's also just the momentum of the market. And I think having a real estate professional help you will not only gain you money, it'll also give you some uh, peace of mind knowing that everything was done properly. But one uh-huh. of the things I wanted to point out in this situation is the volatility of the market um, does scare some people off because they're hearing all these big numbers like, oh, $600,000 houses, 700. I want you to stop and think for a second. It's, it's not so much about the price, it's about your payment. And that's what uh-huh. Pete and I keep harping on is the payments are incredibly low. So you need to separate that mindset. I don't want to spend half a million dollars. Like you got to look at your payment because that's really what it's coming down to. Yeah, and um, payments are, are tricky. I mean, people with uh, job conditions as they are, I mean, that's always a tricky thing in there. But yes, the, the payments have come way down. This is the time when we have talked about uh, renters and buyers, you know, there's, there's a big pool of renters out there who are eyeing becoming buyers. They're hearing that message as how to create wealth for you and family is to have that begin buying property. And there's a lot of people you know, out there wanting to convert from renters to buyers. I've talked with some houses that are paying $1,700 a month in rent for a house. Well, we can get a $300,000 house almost on an FHA loan or even a USDA loan. And those payments are, you know, 1300 or 1200 even. It's a, and, and that I'm, includes I'm your taxes and insurance. I'm, I'm, I've told, this is really funny. I've told a number of uh, buyers, I go, you're going to make money buying this house because you're going to save, look, $500 a month just in, in your rent payment that you're doing by buying this house under these conditions with this low of an interest rate at this price. And they just look at you and go, wow, I should have done this before. Well, the conditions weren't right maybe before, but the conditions are right right now for that type of situation to occur for lots of people who are renters who want to buy. And we really do need more buyers to convert that. I mean, we really do. It's such a great way to, uh, again, start to create wealth, you know, for you in the Klamath area where I'm at a lot now, I really see that Alice uh, here. Uh, this community has majority of their housing is rental housing, and so working with renters to convert to that uh, is interesting. And there's also a lot of investors out there trying to buy rental housing also because they're getting such good interest rates on investment properties. So, you know, all that is just bubbling out here in us, around us, and it's all having an effect, a different piece of an effect on the market as we go along each week. And, you know, with all that in mind, it's not only good for the buyers, it's good for the sellers. And we talk about this um, while the market is in this situation. 
um, where we do still have a little bit of a shortage of inventory. And then now we have even more buyers spurred on by the raising of the FHA limit to above 350,000. A lot of those renters can now enter the purchase market where they couldn't before. And the people that are selling in that market will have ever more buyers to choose from. And the buyers right now are very serious. They're organized, they're ready to go. Um, just because of the, the COVID protocols alone, you know, everybody is highly organized and their finances have been vetted. Yep. So um, again, we say this, you know, the last few months, it's one of those unusual times where it's good for both the buyers and the sellers. Yeah, and, and, it, and I don't think it's, gonna, it's going to, to stop anywhere. Look, the, the, the sellers are getting a lot, Alice. Last week, 84 sales in Jackson County, the median price was 459000 okay? Uh, in Josephine County, they had 41 sales. The median price was 347000 Klamath County had 34 sales. And their their uh, price is 250000 So even that's gone up a little bit as, as we see. So it's it's all out there. And um, I think we're beginning, we're, we're in the middle of it. Remember, this is winter and the weather's changed on us, you know, so we're seeing a lot more stormy weather. But you're right, winter, the buyers are much more serious. They're out there. They're all approved, ready to go. They're just trying to find the house that they need. Uh, and winter is usually a time when, you know, because Christmas is here, but this is going to be such an unusual Christmas, right? With, we can't go anywhere. You can't really celebrate much. So maybe uh, we can put our, our houses out there. Maybe we can sell some houses along the way because uh, this might be a good month to do it. Well, and that's an interesting um, observation. If the school calendar changes, and that really was the the guidance for when people were available to look at houses or not during the year, a lot of people went on mm -hmm. vacation. Well, we don't have that school calendar anymore, um, at least this season and maybe permanently because people have decided to school from home or whatever they're doing, homeschooling then how does that change our market and how does that change the future for real estate here in Southern Oregon? So we've got a break coming up. Uh, Pete and Alice are going to be right back. We're going to be talking more about the trends and what we might expect for the future for Southern Oregon home sales here in our area, but also all over the United States because there's some very interesting trends percolating out there. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. Well, welcome back to The Real Estate Show, folks. I'm Alice Lima here with Pete Belcastro. We're both brokers at John L. Scott Southern Oregon, and we're getting ready to talk about what might be happening in the short-term and long-term future with our housing market, not only in Southern Oregon, but, but nationwide. And there are some interesting things happening nationally, and it's not just that the major urban areas are having um, a downturn, especially right in their uh, big city urban areas, those prices are going down, people are leaving as quick as they can. Um, but also, there's some municipalities in the United States that are reaching out to grab some of these remote workers. So we've got Savannah, Georgia, offering $2,000 for a remote worker to move to their town. Savannah, Georgia will give you $2,000. We have uh, somebody in Arkansas, that's our uh, Northwest Arkansas, one of those zip codes out there. They're reaching out on a national level to try to get people to bring their remote jobs and move there because the cost of living is lower, the taxes are lower, and it's more of a country atmosphere 
like Southern Oregon. So I think that is going to start having an effect on us as well. Well, and those places that you mentioned have available housing, uh, which which they can sell. I have some clients who relocated Alice from here to Wisconsin, and I and they they came back to get the rest of their things. And I asked them what was the housing situation. In, this was around Green Bay, and they said that basically you can buy a house there for hundred thousand dollars, you know, and a nice house hundred twenty thousand dollars. So it's 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 hit or miss. It's where it's at. We can't do what you just said here because we don't have the housing available inventory to include anybody to come. We can't we can't offer incentives. We can't even do incentives to our own people to get to get them to build multiple units on single on single unit lots. So for our communities to say come here offer incentives for people, we just don't have the inventory. No place to put them. There's no place to go. What I'm wondering long-term though, is um, even though Southern Oregon is on all these lists of great places to live because we have a big airport, we've got two amazing hospitals, we're on the I-5 corridor, and then we have kind of this agricultural um, uh, wilderness setting, you know, where you can do hunting and fishing and, and all that. So we're really kind of the best of everything. Um, but we have a high demand now, but as these other places in the United States start vying for those relocation people, we'll just have to see what happens to the demand on Southern Oregon. I mean, our weather is great. I, I think as much as I love Arkansas and Georgia, it's probably a lot more humid there. <laughs> Maybe not as much fun to live there. Well, but we'll just kind of have to see yeah. what the long-term effect yeah. is. Yeah. Well, I mean, the West Coast housing market in Oregon, California, and Washington is just a totally different scene from really any place else in the country. It, it, it really is. You go to Texas or you go to the, the, the New England or the Midwest, I mean, they're just totally different markets that nothing like what we have here. Our demand is so high. Our People look at sometimes from call from different places and you're talking to them about, they look at prices and they, and they just kind of are shocked at what you can get for $300,000 sometimes or 250,000. And, you know, we're in a different market. So uh, that's just the way it is. That's not going to change. We can't change that. The only thing that's going to change it is supply and demand. And right now, with our with our supply so short, Alice, it's just not going to, it's just not going to change until. I mean, look, imagine if we had a thousand listings. How different we'd be talking about things right now, but we but, don't. Yeah, it would be a much more balanced market, and I'm really hoping that that's what's going to be happening uh, by looking at the most recent listing numbers. Yes, we're still needing more, but watching the the year to date from this time to last year. Um, that we're about to start having more listings on the market and maybe it will be more balanced and that will help prices. It'll also help slow down the frenzy. It's very hard on people to be buying and selling too quickly. It, it creates anxiety. Uh, you might make a mistake. You might be picking something and settling for something you wish you hadn't. Um, so I just think that having more inventory will also you know, lessen the frenzy in the market we're experiencing right now. It would be, it's the biggest single thing that we can do to change the market. And I agree with you. I, I'd much rather see us at more of a balanced market. Remember in, in, in most of our counties, the, the month's supply of inventory in the 200 to 300,000 range or 200 in that range is literally sold out. There's just like a month or two supply of inventory. That's where a lot of the action is taking place. And that's where, you know, we need more of that type of housing that we just don't have. So uh, a, a much a balanced market would be so much easier, especially for buyers and, and for sellers, to be honest, 
to to deal with everything, all the inspections, all the kinds of demands that go with it. A balanced market gives everybody more equal equal negotiating power. Because right now you've got sellers think they're in control because there's inventories low, and you've got buyers with low interest rates trying to buy something, and and you can see where we have you know conflicts can come up, and, and some people will walk away, buyers get angry. We don't want that to happen. We want we want it to be fun. We want it to have a harmonious sale. Um, and we want them to get a place to live. Not- yeah, yeah, yeah. And right now, if yeah. you're trying to buy in that below 300 range, there's just really very little to choose from, and a lot of it does not finance because they're damaged properties. So the other thing I was thinking that would really be helpful is if we had access to more rehabilitation loan programs, like we did. Um, you know, kind of in between the crash and the recovery, a lot of those programs were available. And I noticed during the COVID um, since March, some of those have been shut down or limited. And I just think that would really be helpful to get access to those. It it, it would, and and, and hopefully that, you know, that will happen soon. It's just, I know we're about out of time here today. And I just want, you know, we're in, we're in December, we're in, we're in the winter season. Uh, so you know, people shy away. It's the it's the weirdest winter season we've ever experienced because of the pandemic and everything. So Christmas is going to be different. New Year's is going to be very different. So, uh, but in terms of housing and this in this type of thing, people are looking. I know many people looking for areas, rural properties, just land, maybe even to build on and things. There's a lot of that out there, and just be careful, be wise, uh, and be ready. Um, because uh, the worst thing that can happen, as you know, is that you find a house or a place you want and you're not ready and somebody else comes along and is and takes it from you and you don't get that. That's the worst thing that can happen in real estate. So one thing we want to avoid. So we can do that by, you know, by shopping right, looking right, knowing what we have, have our pre-approvals ready to go. And our, we're going we're gonna to increase our chance of being successful a whole bunch. And, and that's kind of the bottom line. I think uh, December is here. Winter's here. Um, we're going to go through the next three months of this, more, more COVID. Uh, so again, there's, but there's always opportunities, as you point out, Alice, that uh, out there for both buyers and sellers in this kind of a market. So we, people just got to keep at it. We, we just do it every day and, we, and we're successful. We keep doing it, right? Yeah, and I think that's our best advice is that uh, you can't lose hope. And if you're a seller and you're not in escrow, then you should have feedback from the showings and you should know why and you need to make those adjustments. Because quite frankly, right now, if you're not in escrow, you need to know why. And it's either going to be price, it's going to be something about the property itself. Um, You're going to have feedback to to look at. And if you're buying, like Pete said, just don't give up. There's, uh, There's going to be, as I predict, we hope, that prices are going to stabilize. We're going to have more to choose from. And uh, that'll bring a little bit more balance to everybody. So in the meantime, have a beautiful Southern Oregon weekend. This broadcast will be repeated tomorrow at 6 p.m. Pete, you have a wonderful time with your family and we'll be back next week. Bye now. Bye.